called my friend Jonah this week. She actually went to school and did her internship in New York. I've never been to New York and until all of this, I didn't even realize I had this many family connections there. I wanted to chat with her about how to get access to some public records and maybe arrest records. There has to be some more information about my father out there. I'm going to search on the internet more, but I don't know if maybe some of it has to go through like more specific routes. Um, since he attempted to poison his wife, then he has to have at least a criminal record, um, at least a, an arrest record. I wonder if it contains anything else. I mean, and again, I love true crime. <laughs> I listen to true crime podcasts regularly, and I'm a self-proclaimed horror aficionado. Um, you know, I have to be upfront and say that my desire to know more here is starting to become equal parts wanting to know my own history and equal parts morbid curiosity. I have found out that there's actually a database where you can upload your genetic results so um, I can take the test that I took and put my DNA profile and upload it to police databases for familial matches. So we all have seen like CSI and things like that. And if so, if someone commits a crime like rape or murder or, you know, anything, and they're able to get a DNA sample, that's pretty much always good news. DNA is pretty solid evidence. It's pretty cut and dry. But the issue is that if you don't have anybody to compare it to, then you just have DNA. And nothing else. So if the if the perpetrator has never committed a crime before or if they've just never been caught there's nothing to match it to. So this database what they're able to do is take your genetic results and compare them to criminal cases where they have DNA. And they're able to determine if someone in your family tree that you're related to has committed a crime that left DNA evidence. I think that this is such a cool thing. And usually I don't like our criminal justice system. I, I think there's so many things broken with it, but like this, there are actual monsters out there who have taken people away from their loved ones and families who deserve to know that some kind of justice was done. And I guess I've always had kind of an obsession with the human mind. Like, why do people do such unspeakable things? How could we build a society that prevents those things? and helps the people among us who are the most vulnerable. I guess finding out that my father maybe did a couple of these very horrible things really puts that those unthinkable things right in my lap. 
So I guess I'm now hoping that maybe I can figure out his mindset. Maybe learn about the human that he is, that he was. I don't know. So anyways, Jonah gave me <laughs> some resources um, so that I could keep looking online. Um, I put my genetic results into that criminal match database. I, I'm guessing it's going to be a dead end, um, but it would bother me forever if I didn't at least check it out. Um, in the meantime, my wife is managing my hyper-focused self right now. Um, I can't stay off the computer. I really think there's more out there. I have been trying to put together of a, like a timeline of my father's life and the places that he moved to and where he's lived because he spent the most time in New York, but he's lived all over the country. He's lived in California Indiana for a little bit of time, Kentucky, Washington, New Jersey. Um, I found a couple of different articles that specifically reference him. One thing is there was another electrical fire. Um, this one was in New Jersey. I'm pretty certain this one was my father uh, because my my brother... James, not William Jr., is named in the article, and so is his wife. His wife and James were both at home at the time of the electrical fire. They were asleep when it started, but they made it out unharmed. I, I can't say for sure that this was anything but an accident, but I've never had a fire. And I think most people go through their lives without any major fire. And so far, my father has at least two major electrical fires in his homes. So for now, I, I guess I'm just, you know, I'm waiting back for these requests for information for his arrest records. And I'm waiting for the information for the DNA markers. I've just been going through local newspapers and archives. He has so many siblings. I was hoping to find out more about the family that they came from. He was the youngest of 11 kids. They were all born to Willem and Eleanor. Willem was a pastor in their small New York town. They had a small Sunday paper. And honestly, it seemed like the paper either was a product of the church or maybe the church sponsored the paper. But... Willem was an old school, like scary kind of preacher. The stuff that he wrote for the little paper were like, it's all hellfire 
and brimstone, declarations of prophecy and end of days. Like he is exactly the ancestor that I would be very happy if I if I piss him off on a daily basis. <laughs> but there are photos of my father's mother, my grandmother. She led the Sunday school services. Um, honestly, the pictures look like 40% of the classes are made up of her own kids. <laughs> but she has a very nice smile and she looks like a gentle lady. I have heard about her before, and from what William has said, she was a really wonderful woman. William didn't grow up with Willem in his life, so I don't think he has too much information to offer me about our grandfather. My father was born in 1944, and from what I can tell, the first part of his life was pretty uneventful that's normal, I guess, right? Like, I was digging through the family tree and and seeing aunts and uncles I'd never heard of before and just lots of old photos. And, you know, I'm going through all of this and I don't know what I expected to find. Like, certainly nothing earth-shattering. The only thing that I knew for sure so far was that he's... A shitty husband and there are definitely some pretty awful family rumors about him and pretty soon all of that stuff just kind of blurs together it all just looks the same old census records old newspaper clippings but I got an email from Jonah and then a text that said, hey, check your email. So I did, and the email was completely blank. She just sent me a zipped document of PDF files. So I opened it up and it's full of Nassau County witness statements about a fire from September 9th, 2011. I quickly scanned through them and the third one in was from my father. William states that he was enjoying an evening stroll when he smelled and saw smoke. He followed the chimney of smoke around the block to an old auto shop. He said when he got there, there was a crowd already gathering. He didn't see anything suspicious or recognize anyone. I flipped through all of the accompanying statements and all of the other witnesses said pretty much the same thing. They hadn't seen or heard anything, but they came out of their shops and their homes because they could smell it or see the fire. William says in his statement that he heard that they pulled a little girl out of the fire. 
He said that it breaks his heart that no child should die like that. I don't know why it gives me chills. They did pull the body out of the ashes. It was the charred remains of an unidentified girl, around 15 to 18 years old. And whenever I read about or listen to any true crime case, I think about that victim, who she was, you know, who loved her, who was missing her and waiting for her to come home. It, it was really haunting to realize that she was about the same age as me. This was September of 2011. I wonder if it hit my father emotionally. He was a witness to this fire. He saw a teenage girl's body being pulled from the ashes. I wonder if he thought about me at all. I would have been 15 at the time. In fact, I think it would have been not long after when I met him for the first time. Well, the first time that I remember he had been compelled to come back to Indiana and attend court for child support. I can't help but wonder if my father made any of the same emotional connections that I do. I have been looking up to see if there's any kind of articles that I can find about the fire that he was a witness to or about the girl whose body was pulled out of the auto shop. The news article writes it off. This young girl's death is drug and prostitution related. From what I can tell, the only people that seem to be fighting for these girls are a few people who know them really well. The newspaper article makes a quick mention of other girls that also victims who were sex workers. Gosh. From press releases and statements, law enforcement definitely didn't seem to have their backs, my father included. I was just starting to wonder if the girl in the fire was a cold case or if they'd ever identified her and named her killer. But another email from Jonah flashed in the bar at the top of my screen. When I opened the next attachment, I was taken directly to a local news site. At the top of the screen, there was a photo that was immediately recognizable to me. 
I didn't know the girl personally, but I spent the majority of high school with this photo in front of me in one way or another. We had it in our high school newsletters. We had it on our bulletin boards. This girl went missing in my freshman year at the very beginning of school. And I remember that the police pretty much wrote her off as a runaway. And her mom was absolutely convinced that there was no way that she would run away. I wonder for a moment why Jonah sent me this article about this girl. The headline below her picture talks about a local girl who after five years of being missing had been found. Her body had been discovered in a fire in 2011 in New York. Her name was Mandy Beckett, a 16-year-old girl who had run away from Fort Wayne, Indiana in August 2011. The article goes on to talk about Long Island police believing that Mandy fell into drugs and sex work and the reputation of the auto shop was not a great one. How on earth do they feel that Mandy got from my hometown to Long Island. How did a girl from my hometown run away and end up in Long Island, dead, with my father watching her body burn? Thank you so much for listening. While My Father's Ashes is inspired by true crimes, it is a fictional story. Unfortunately, while Ellen and her father are not real, the children who are affected by abuse and who go missing each year are. 
If you want more information about how to help in your community, please visit www.nationalcasagal.org as well as the National Center for Missing and Exploited Kids at www.missingkids.org. Thank you.